one cardinal, one cub, and one beer, the trading deadline edition. JJ, our people want baseball information on this, the day of my 57th birthday. Happy birthday, Vince, and it's a big day. Not just trading deadline, which is big in baseball, but it's the day of the profit. Vince Opper today. And uh, Vince, I don't know if you knew this. I was actually going to have, I ran into, uh, you, you're you a big fan of Huey Lewis in the news. I ran into the news down at uh, Piggly Wiggly down in the back of it. They were coming and saying, happy birthday, acapella. I don't know what happened to them. I gave them 50 bucks, they took off. So I'm not sure, but that was a plan. But I found out that greatness, they, there's an old saying, greatness runs in packs. These are other famous people that have the same birthday as you. Julio. Julio has the same birthday as you. Who would have thought? That's two cool guys right there. Yes. Yeah. You in fact, <laughs> I used to be confused with Julio a lot. Hey, you know, I, you've never seen us in the same room together, have you? No, I have not. So, yeah. And when you take your hat off, You've got the same haircut as Coolio. Yeah, there you go. You got the Coolio. There it is. I go to the I go to the uh, barbershop and say, "Give me the Vince Opper slash Coolio." And yeah. I got the same. I've got the same thing going. On. Jennifer Lawrence, very uh, Academy Award winning actress. Jennifer Lawrence, Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead. Same ah. birthday as you. Very. That's a cool one. Yeah, Bill he's Elliott. a liar though. Uh, he, Garcia? he told me that he would survive. <laughs> well, he's uh oh, so you mean he's like Elvis? He's still with us, you think? Or is he out there somewhere? No, he just sang that song, A Touch of Grace, that I will survive. And then a few and, years later, he went under. He went under. Yeah, well, <laughs> it happens to the best, the best of them. Joe Elliott of Def Leppard, same birthday as you, and Dustin Hoffman. That's five, wow. six famous people and uh in baseball world baseball players that have the same birthday as you is madison Bumgarner, mad, uh, yep. mad bomb yeah man i i always wanted the cardinals to get him uh greg jeffries uh, a cardinal and a met there good greg hitter. Jeffries. yes very good hitter uh adam jones of the baltimore orioles very good player uh milt may and no okay. list would, and as you as a Cub fan, and no list would be complete without a Cub. And uh, Greg Gross, the outfielder who played a while with the Cubbies, same birthday as you. So happy birthday, sir. Now, I don't want to go too long on this, but I have five uh, big events that happened on your birthday in Major League Baseball history. I'll just briefly go over these, but these are kind of fun. 1945, what year were you, what year were you born, Vince, may I ask? 66. 60 so it wasn't you went around in 45 okay i just want to make sure my mom and dad uh, in ashbury they were passing a j around and 20 <laughs> minutes later she was impregnated that's a lie so. oh, okay man <laughs> Woo! yeah well, my parents are, are very faced so i well i kind of had that feeling yeah but uh you know, we all have our wild side, too. But Mel Ott hit his 500th home run in 1945 on this day. Uh, Willie Stargell in 1970. Here we go now. Hit three doubles and two home runs in one game. Wow. Uh, the, the Pirates beat the uh, Atlanta Braves 20-10 to 10 in that game. 
Uh, I don't know who the pitchers were in that game. 1973, we're getting closer. Uh, Carlton Fisk and uh, Thurman Munson got into a fight. Uh, Munson tried to score, and they threw the ball home, and Munson tried to run over Fisk, and when they both came up, they were throwing the Dukes. So yeah. that was this day, another great Yankee Red Sox moment. That, them teachers don't like each other. In 1978, I remember this happening. Pete Rose, uh, 44 game hit streak came to an end. I remember they would break into TV shows to show his uh, the batting streak at the time because he was getting up there and uh, it was kind of exciting to see. But uh, it ended at 44, the Atlanta Braves against the Braves. And I don't remember who started that game, but I remember Gene Garber came in and when he got Rose out the last time, uh, they they kind of celebrated a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah well you know rose always would spike that ball at first base so you know they were giving him back a little bit there and the final memory uh 1994 cal ripkin is only the second player ever to play 2000 straight games and that happened on this day in the year 1994 so these are days that uh go with your birthday and happy birthday vince and thank you for everything man thank you yes well, uh, Car- Carl, oh, by the way, uh, Vince, can we mention you have a charity if you wanted to, to donate to a charity? Uh, wasn't there a thing there? Yeah, you if, to mention that? If you want to uh, give me a birthday present, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> uh, if you want to give me a birthday present, uh, you can go to my Facebook page and donate. I mean, or you can just donate straight to the Trevor Project. Uh, it's a organization that uh, uh, helps uh, push legislation to stop bullying campaigns against LGBTQ uh, peoples. Um, and in case you don't know, uh, I have a LGBTQ running through my family, so um, it's you know it's something that's kind of close to my heart. So um, if you want to donate, that would be much appreciated. That's that's a fantastic cause there. I and uh, I will. I was getting your birthday, but I thought no. I'm gonna. I'm donating. So I'm just. I'm letting you know that. Uh, oh, no problem. Well, the Cardinals. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit. Uh, this month, Nolan Arenado has played great, and there was talk of him getting traded. And I so unless somebody was going to wow us, I didn't want to lose Goldie and Contreras and and Arenado. They're kind of like the linchpins of our team. And of course, Wayno's at the end of his career. I'd hate to see him get traded with just two months left, but I don't think anybody would really want, you know, he wouldn't be helping anybody. So them four guys, and uh, we made some moves, and and I'm really excited about the moves we made. The guys we traded, uh, Cabrera really wasn't getting it done anymore, and most of the other players we traded weren't going to be around much longer anyway. Uh, Montgomery, um, oh, he's got the – Scott Boris is an agent. Yeah. Stratton was on his last year with this. Flaherty – um he made noise that he wasn't going to resign with us uh and then the young i think it's about time when we get the mason win uh era started um i think he's going to be coming up soon and we'll be taking a look at these players the cardinals have had such a uh oh man it's been such a disappointing year but i think with this year we can look at a lot of our young players and see what we got in these trades, we got a lot of pitchers and middle infielders. Um, there's a kind of going through the trades. I was going to talk about Aaron Nolan, uh, Nolan Arenado first. 
he has really come on, and I could see him being in the top ten uh, in the MVP talk at the end of the year if you include his defense and everything else around it. Uh, he had a slow start, so I don't think he's going to make top five, but he's had a really good year, and it's such an honor. I, I'd like the Cardinals to have a player like Ozzie and Lou Brock and Gibson, and and now we have Arenado, so uh, I'd like to see him finish his career with the Cardinals, but what a year he's hitting. Um, he's got 77 RBIs, which is in the top five in the uh in all of baseball 22 home runs that's nice 20 doubles and uh he is hitting 279 and that's 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 good that if he hit 280 and had all that i would be very very happy so even though the cardinals have had a bad year where there's been things we can look at and be proud of and arenado's had a great year and probably going to win the gold glove again this year uh but you know it's hard to say i'm a fan and i i I think he is, but I don't know all the statistics of all the third basemen in the National League, but he's probably, I still say, as good as anybody else. Uh, now the trades. This is what's been going on. It's been kind of a crazy last three days, but the Cardinals uh, traded Jordan Hicks to, and I got my Toronto hat on because that's Cardinal North right there. We we traded a bunch of guys up to Toronto, so it's going to be fun watching the playoffs. Uh, we've got, it seems like the Cardinals deal with like five teams, and that's it. Toronto. Yeah, they, they've got a history of trading with Toronto. We yeah, sure this, do. This year they just oh, let's just call it Toronto. It's, <laughs> it's we like them. Um uh, uh the Rangers. We've had a history with the Rangers, the Marlins, the or well now the Orioles. I don't remember many trades with them in the past, but uh and the Yankees. That seems to be who we trade with. But this year we traded um Jordan Hicks to Toronto for two pitchers. Uh, a 21-year-old right-hander and a 22 right-hander. Um, uh, this kid, uh, Sim Roberson, I'm probably messing his, up his name. He's from the Netherlands, and he was their number six uh, prospect. And then uh, Adam Kloffenstein, and they say he's like six foot five, and uh, uh, he is their number 23 uh, prospect. And... Uh, from what I've read, just looking at numbers, I've never seen him. Uh, a lot of swing and miss kind of stuff. I don't know how uh, accurate they are. But uh, anyway, to get that for Jordan Hicks, I'm pretty happy with that. And uh, I wish Jordan Hicks all the luck in the world. And I hope they uh, go to deep in the playoffs. Uh, the other trade, we had Montgomery and Stratton going to the Rangers. And that's going to be fun. Um They've had uh, the Grom, of course, get hurt, and Evaldi's on the DL right now, or the IL, I'm sorry. And uh, so the, the Rangers have made a lot of noise, and uh, they went out and got a number two or three in Montgomery, and that's what he really is. He's probably a three or four in most rotations. Yeah. Uh, um, and we got a left-hander, a John King, a, um, let's see, a, a Tikon Roby, Robley, 21 years old. And uh, he was their 11th prospect, but he's now going to be our number four prospect. So I don't know if our minor leagues, are, we, we were very, uh, we didn't have a lot of pitching prospects. We had maybe three and down in double A, we have uh, Kink Hintz. So this is really uh, bringing us some, uh, a, a lot of pitching coming our way. Um, he's got a 4.17 K to walk ratio. So this kid is a strikeout pitcher. And then uh, Thomas, and these names I'm having trouble with, Segaris, Um, he was their uh, 15 prospect, and he'll be number eight in our system. They've already said that. Um, so now, anyway. uh, 
King has some major league experience. He's been up and down the past few seasons with the Rangers and pitched decently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much what we had now, the guys we got rid of, uh, I think he had 28, uh, and he's a left-hander too. He had 28 appearances in the big leagues. And uh, so anyway, so that's, that's some prospects there. Uh, I think a lot of fans here in St. Louis were wanting to get, uh, you know, uh, Dylan Cease or somebody like that. But uh, I bet the, we don't know what the asking price was. And some of our players like Nolan Gorman, we, we don't, I, we honestly don't know what they were willing to give up for Nolan Gorman. The Cardinals rate him very high. And I'm a big Nolan Gorman fan too. I, I had a friend uh, send me a few messages today. Um, not too happy with what the Cardinals were doing because the Cardinals are not used to trading as, as sellers are used to trading as buyers because they're always competitive. Uh, when you're trading as a seller, you really, there's no reason to be going for the Dylan ceases of the world. You need to reboot that farm system and that's what they're doing. And it's, it's not something where you need to get hung up on their statistics or where they're ranked in an in, in organization's um, hierarchy or what they're, you know, this is the 12th best prospect uh, because the Cardinals have had their scouts and they are looking for people that they can mold and they see a future in. So there's a lot of people who come over in these trades that are, um, double A or lower in the minor leagues, and you don't hear much about them. And true. they develop into very good pitchers, and that's what the uh, Cardinals are doing. And I think they're probably getting as good as they can get for what they're giving up. I mean, they're giving up good players. Uh, Deion has had his moments. Montgomery's a, a good starting pitcher, um, but Montgomery's a rental, so you, you got to get what you can for him. Uh, Hicks is, is underperformed for, for his stuff. So you're getting what you can from him. So, um, it's, it's not like you can really judge these deals at this time, whether or not they're That's successful right. right now. They're just people that the Cardinals believe they can mold and make it to major league players. I, I'm exactly with you. If out of all these players we got, if we see two or three of them in the big leagues and they make some sort of impact, that was a pretty good trading deadline, you know, when and here in a couple of years when these kids come up. Some of them were in double A, but are going to be in Memphis and in, in in our system. They're going to go up yeah. to Memphis. So uh, I, I might make a trip down there just to see what's going on in Memphis before their season's over. Uh, I did. I do like this, though. They're great. They're big guys, it seems like. 6'2", six, 6'5", six, and they're uh, a lot of strikeout miss, which the Cardinals have always been sort of a pitch to contact and play good defense behind the pitcher. So I do like that. Uh, we do, you know, uh, we had some guys in the bullpen or, uh, you know, swing and miss kind of guys, but it's nice to see them kind of go in that direction, but we'll see. I trust it. I trust it. And um, like I said, most of the guys we had them that we traded weren't guys that we were going to keep. So that was pretty good, but anyway, the young's gone and I wish him all the best. He played seven years with the Cardinals had four years where he hit 19 or more home runs. I like him, but Mason Wynn is coming and he's the next big thing in our minor league system. And I'm excited that they kind of cleared way for him. And that happens all the time. A player will be moved to make room for another guy. They really believe in none against the young. We kind of, after seven years, know what, and he was having an up 
year from the last two. So we got a little more form probably this year than we would have in the last couple of years. But uh, yeah. Mason Wynn, I, he's coming. The DeYoung uh, trade uh, was kind of a surprise because I don't know if Toronto was going to deal for him and Bo Bichette went down last night, and so they swung the trade for DeYoung. I know DeYoung was probably going to get traded, um, but the Cardinals probably got a pretty good offer from Toronto because they were trading from perspective of desperation. We're trying to make the playoffs. Uh, we've lost Bo Bichette. We need a major league caliber shortstop to step in, play some defense. Uh, DeYoung has some pop in his bat. I think this was a good trade for both teams. Toronto got what they need in the short term to cover while Bo Bichette's out. And the Cardinals traded with a team that was in a little bit of desperation. And the Cardinals probably got a little more than they were expected to get out of them. I'm with you. I'm with you. And that happens all the time, too. It's just a – being at the right place at the right time, you got what they need. Somebody gets hurt. Things like that happen all the time, and it can change the the history, you know, a, a player. And the young may go up there. Sometimes when a player goes to a new city, uh, new place in a new lineup, things just it's like you're starting all over again. And I've seen guys out of nowhere um, come through. One year we got Cesar Cedeno at the trading deadline. Eighty-five, Cesar, yeah, and he, he hit was, like nine hundred. <laughs> he was unstoppable. Now. He was a great player, but that year he was, you know, he, he was on a downhill swing. But when he came to the Cardinals, everything clicked that year. So you never know sometimes. Cardinals are always, I mean, Lance Berkman and Carlos Beltran are guys through the years we would get and pick up a Will Clark uh, at the end. And uh, sometimes they have big come through for us. Well, and this, uh, oh, the Svensson guy that they got for DeYoung. Um, even though he's only a 13th round draft pick, um, he was drafted in uh, 2001, and he's he's um, in high A, I think. Um, this year, something seems to be clicking. He's got a 1.1 ERA, uh, 39 strikeouts over 32 and a third innings. So the Cardinals have obviously seen something in him that they think is clicking, and um, that's probably not someone Toronto wanted to give up. But they they did. Yes, and uh, he's an Illinois fella. I oh. I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, the 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 Toronto kid. Uh, he's from uh, Lake. I wrote so small, uh, Illinois. But he's an Illinois. He came uh, uh, up, or he was born in Illinois. That I was looked up some statistics on him. So he's a he's a local guy. Well, Illinois is a big state. He might be north. I don't know. It's somewhere in Illinois. He's from. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. And finally, uh, Flaherty. Uh, Flaherty's going to the Orioles. I don't know much about the package we got for him. Uh, I know we've got a um, oh a Caribbean uh, infielder. They say is hitting like three forty in Double A, and a couple of pitchers. Uh, Flaherty's going to go in as their number two starter. Um, uh, I do think that's kind of the Orioles. Orioles, man, they are playing the daylights out of the ball. But I think they're starting pitching just compared to the teams will have to play is a little subpar. I think they're starting eight or nine are fantastic and their bullpens better, but they're starting pitching. That is a little shaky and they didn't want to get rid of any of their big, like, uh, Oh, they got that kid Jackson holiday down there and they've got a ton of talent coming. So uh, they didn't want to get rid of any of the big ones, but we got a couple pitchers from them and a middle infielder. And one of the in, uh, infielders we got was compared to uh Donovan, 
he can play any position, and he plays really good defense at every position. The kid we got from Baltimore, not very good defensively, but he can hit and he doesn't strike out. So yeah, we, this, may, see, we may see him. This Prieto, um, he's got an 868 OPS, 27 strikeouts in 85 games. Uh, there's a lot of contact there. That's across both double A AA and triple A. So my feeling is he's probably going to be fighting for uh, one of the infield spots next year, probably not starting, but he's probably going to be someone who, you know, they're going to plug in somewhere for uh, every now and then, but he does have a bat that can come off the bench and make contact. And that's uh, something that the Cardinals could really use is someone who, when you have that runner in scoring position and you need a pinch hit, you need someone to get the bat on the ball that's someone that's valuable on your team you're like uh you know people follow the leader with a rise being this guy down in florida uh who doesn't have a lot of power but man he puts the ball in play he gets the hits i'm not saying he's a rise level but just a guy who puts the ball in play uh you can play in the big leagues doing that uh i, I want to give you your uh, compliment uh, because of our eight game series here at the end of the month with the Cubs, it pretty much made us sellers. And I, and, uh, you'll talk about what the Cubs did, but, uh, kind of changed your fortunes a little bit and you're in the race. And, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm pulling for the Cubs over the Brewers and the Reds. I'm, well, thank I'm you. Yeah. Now that's the kiss of death. Anytime I get behind a team this year, they're going straight in the, in the toilet, but I would love to see them win this, um, you guys beat us uh, six out of eight. And for the season, we went three and four for the week. We played Arizona, beat them two out of three. And then we come across the Cubs and only won one of those games. Um, we ended up having 13 games with the Cubs this year and went in five. And you guys won eight. It came down to those two big series. And you guys just swamped, beat the crap out of us. Um, but uh you're, there was a game I thought Burleson was going to hit a home run, and your center fielder made, oh, my Lord, he made the play of the, the year. It was what a play. And it, uh, games like – plays like that just are remembered forever. And uh, we would have won the game by a run, but now we lost the game by – and that's been sort of a microcosm of the season. Just things like that we just – man, it never – didn't go our way. So next year maybe everything will go our way, the law of averages. So Vince, that's kind of cardinal news there and trading news, and I'm excited. I I, I like uh, that we weren't going to keep none of those guys. Mason Wynn's going to get a spot now. It looks like he's going to get a chance to prove himself. Uh, these pitchers, the Cardinals are going to have to go get some starters next year. But uh, I think within two months left, we're going to get to look at Libertor. We're going to get to look at Hudson and maybe Grosafio at the end of the year and maybe uh, Palante and Woodard and – see what we got in these guys and uh, you know, and then Wayno and Mass is pitching better. Mass has won his last two of his last three starts. And um, yeah, he's beating the Cubs. That's all he can beat is the Cubs. Hey, that's, yeah. Yeah. the Cubs. Yeah. But we had to win one of those. My gosh, you would have swept us eight in a row. There would have been uh, it would have been sad times in St. Louis. if you won all eight of them. But anyway, congratulations to the Cubs. You guys, are the interstate champions between us this year well we last week we uh we started um tuesday and wednesday with the two-game series against the Sox. and um from a fan's perspective in chicago that's that's the big thing 
it's not the Cardinals Cubs. And um, I've heard um, a few arguments that may be convincing me that the Cubs' biggest rival now in the National League Central is the Brewers because of the proximity. Um, and there's some real, uh, to use a wrestling term, there's some real heat between the two teams and the two fan bases. So it's not quite as friendly as the, the Cardinal Cup rivalry. So I don't know. Um, living in St. Louis, I still feel the heat of the Cardinal Cup rivalry over my head. But uh, we, we started by sweeping the Sox, and that was a big deal. And then uh, I, I do want to talk about Thursday's game. Um, the second hitter of the game, Hap, swings, backswing, gets Contreras in the, in, in the back of the head, and he's bleeding. It takes a certain kind of person to take a two-and-a-half-foot-long, two-pound piece of hardwood and hit someone in the head. We call those people who have that kind of ability to do that, we call them psychopaths. Yeah. It's a weapon. So Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras are friends. They played together for five, six years. He did not hit him up on purpose. He has a very full backswing. He's hit a lot of catchers. Contreras is notorious for being one of the catchers who gets as close as he can. Um, and it just happened. Okay. I guess uh, Michaelis felt, well, you took our catcher out. I need to send a message. I don't agree with it because it was obviously an accident. But the first pitch buzzes. This is this tower. It's high and tight on, on half. Okay. They play, uh, play on second pitch. He hits him in the hip. The umpires confer, and they toss uh, Michaelis. Now, the next day, I'm listening to uh, 101.1 in the morning. And um, Carrie Davis and Randy Character are on there. And they, like they, they mentioned it and they said, okay, let's play the Cardinal broadcast of it. And the Cardinal broadcast is uh, Chip Carey. Ricky who, Horton? Oh, uh, Chip Carey and uh, um, uh, Brad Thompson. Brad Thompson, maybe? Yeah, Brad Thompson. And Carrie is angry that he got tossed and Horton makes the statement that the umpires need to understand the flow of the game. So then Carriker and Davis says, okay, now listen to the cup broadcast. And it's Jim Deshays. Deshays is kind of an even keeled guy. And he said, well, the umpires are conferring. Now he may get rung for this. And they tossed and said, yeah, he got rung for it. You know, he, he shouldn't have thrown the pitch. And so Carriker and Davis start really coming down on Jim Deshaies saying, uh, he, you pitched before Brad Thompson did. You pitched in an era where people threw at each other. Mm-hmm. And like they were saying, like Brad Thompson said, you need to understand the flow of the game. 
I'm going to stick up for my man because I argue that Deshays does understand the flow of the game. The players do not lease this game anymore. They haven't for the past 20 years. Major League Baseball put that in the hands of the umpire. You don't have to give a warning. If you are certain that a pitcher is throwing on purpose at, at a player, you don't have to issue a warning. You throw them out. The four umpires got together and conferred and discussed it because they don't take lightly take throwing a pitcher out for this, and they had to discuss. Was it that egregious? We need, well, you know, the rule is if we think he intentionally threw at him, we have to toss him. They tossed him. I put the blame on Michaelis. You sent the message that I didn't think needed to be sent. I mean, for heaven's sakes, happened Contreras are hugging before Contreras leaves the game. You're not sending a message to say, don't you ever hit our player again, you know, because it was an accident. Uh, there's no ill will between the two players. And Michaelis has to understand we are, we need innings. We are starting this series. We are pitching depleted. We have a chance to knock the Cubs from being buyers to sellers. I need to stay in this game. I'm doing no good if I get tossed. It's his fault he got tossed. Now, Marmol, I don't know what happened, what he said or anything. Uh, I said the magic words or something. I said the magic word, but you know what? In the grand scope of things, and a, a manager gets tossed. Who cares? He's not throwing pitches. He's not hitting balls. He's not. Someone else can 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 make the uh, the X's and O calls from the dugout. It's not a big deal. Um, but I, I do want to say that that I felt like that kind of tainted the victory to some of the people in St. Louis. And I was reading some of the comments on, you know, I read an article, then I read the comments. There were people, there were even cut fans that said, yeah, Hap did it on purpose. I'm thinking, no, he didn't. He's know. not a psychopath. He's not going to try to hit his friend with a baseball bat. Think about it. There's that scene in Unforgiven when he, he the the writer is has the gun and Gene Hackman says, okay, you all have to do is pull the trigger and the writer can't do it. He says, it's hot, isn't it? Yeah, it's not easy to physically assault someone with a bat that you're friends with. It's not easy for a, for, for a psychopath to do that. It's darn near impossible for a sane man to do it. So I thought that kind of, that, and I, I know, and I, I'm being long-winded here. When you're oh, in a oh, you're great. This is great. there are two ways to get ratings. You can either be a homer, which is great. I love homers. You know, if yeah. I... I would love to be a homer if I was if I was on the radio, you know, yeah, go Cubs, we'd never do anything wrong. Uh, I would love to be a homer. Or you can go the other, you can be you can be Kevin Slate, you know, everything's oh, uh yeah. we're all to hell. Um, you're all stupid compared to me, but some for some reason you keep keep calling in and supporting me. So. <laughs> I, I uh I, I it, it was unfortunate, and I'm with you. I don't I know Hap did not mean it. It looked pretty brutal, though. And, oh, I, and, I, I, um, I felt horrible for Contreras. He really got whacked hard. And, and you know, every the backstory matters. Like, if that happened to your catcher uh, against the Brewers or their catcher versus y'all, it could have been a long night of throwing at each other. But I, I just don't feel 
the Cardinals and Cubs have been mortal enemies for for a while. I think it's just a, a lot of the Cub fans come down to St. Louis. We had sellouts for the ball games. They were fun. We lost three out of four. And I know they hugged and everything. And uh, I, I I understand Michael was doing that. He hit him on the hip. Um, I mean, he didn't go for the head or anything like that. Well, the first pitch was high. The first pitch was that when he bust him in. Oh, yeah. Well, I, but, uh, but I just, I thought once that was over and he got thrown out and he got suspended for five days, um, I kind of thought it was over. I, I didn't know they were still talking about it for a while afterwards. The people I talked to, they say, Hey, did you see the game? Yeah. We just would talk about it. And then life went on. So I don't feel bad. I no ill will to have, we love Contreras. I do anyway. And I love Michaelis and Ollie and Ollie standing up. The most guys stand up for their players. I remember one year, Dusty Baker uh, couldn't stand uh, Lofton, Kenny Lofton. And, oh, he was such a pain in the butt. But Dusty would stand up for him when he was on the Giants. And just, uh, but that's what a manager does. He stands up for his players. So I think it's a much to do about nothing. I'm sorry Contreras got hit. Nothing is half. He's a great player. But uh, yeah, I don't think there was any ill will towards that. That's just no, I, I don't I don't think there was any. I, I just uh, I, yeah. My, my, and, my, and Michael is I I've been okay if he didn't hit him, and I'm okay that he hit him on the hip. I I'm neutral on that. I was like okay, and he got thrown out, and I figured well he deserved to get thrown out because anybody you know I knew he threw at him on purpose, but uh, he wasn't trying to hurt in his career or nothing, and. Um, you know, I'm old though. Like I remember, uh, man, remember that time uh, Clemens threw a baseball bat at uh, at Piazza? The bat broke. He World Series. At him and and he, did, yeah, and he didn't get thrown out of the game or anything. I was like, what the heck, you know? But that yeah. was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. But, my, uh, my, it's my gotten point, better. The players have not policed this game for 20 years. It's been the manager's or the the umpire's game, and I I didn't. I, I heard comments that the umpire shouldn't be inserting himself into the game. The umpire didn't. They they all four got together and made the discussion. And by what they had been told, um, if you think that the pitcher is throwing at them, there's a zero tolerance, you run them. And I, I agree with that because it yeah. used to be in the days of Gibson, Drysdale, um, they would throw at you. And what could you do as a hitter? I, you you can't throw the bat back at them. Uh, on, fight. They fight every once in a while. Tremendous unfair advantage with a very dangerous weapon throwing a ball at 90 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour at someone. Um, come on, man. Uh, have we not evolved as a species past that? I don't think uh, I have. I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cubs won the game three to two Friday, and you, you talked about Talkman robbing the home run from Burleson at the. Uh, what a play! What a play, okay. man! And that was a weird game for the Cubs because they brought up Wisniewski, and he made the start, but they only used him kind of as an opener for two innings, and he pitched good. Then they brought in Smiley, who has pitched terrible this month, and Smiley pitched four and a third innings, only gave up one run, the home run, on his first or second mm-hmm. pitch. So Saturday, Kathy and I went to the game, and oh yeah. Here's our adventure. All right. Hey, we're about ready to get out of here. We're going to go watch the Cubs play the Cardinals. One of us is going to come home happy tonight, and the other one is going to sleep on the couch. Who's it going to be? 
Oh, if you're happy, you're sleeping on the couch, too. Oh, so I guess I'm on the couch no matter what. <laughs> All right. Here we are on the way to Bush Stadium, where the baseball gods are not being too kind to us. All right, we're at our Metrolink station. You can hear the thunder here at Shrewsbury. Kathy, you ready to no. get wet? No. No? No. In a bad mood because she's a Cardinal fan. <laughs> Trying to follow Kathy. She's leading the way here. It is. It's a beautiful view. This is the first time in, I think I've went to over 300 baseball games. First time I've ever been in a rain delay. But is there anyone you'd rather be in a rain delay than with me? Oh, I me. Oh, so well, whatever. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Hey, Suzuki. Alright, one of us is going to be happy, one of us is not. Like every time we come here. Alright. What would you think so far? Going in the bottom of the hole, 2-1. Who's got this? Seventh inning, the Cubs are at five to one. They had a two-hour delay. Kathy's not happy. I'm sleeping on the couch unless something weird happens. I'll let you know if something weird happens. Wasn't that fun? Anyway. I'm, glad, I'm glad you went. You had a good time. Well, I did. We won. Um, yeah. She had a good time, but. Um, Hap's home run was fun. Gomes' home run was fun. Uh, Tyone, who could not throw the ball for the first three months uh, to save his life, suddenly uh, the last four starts as ERA is under two. Um, the game did have a two-hour rain delay, um, and I was telling Kathy, I think I've been to probably 250 games in my in Major League Baseball. I've never been to a rain out. I've never been to a rain delay until then. I've sat through rain, but I've never had a game delayed with rain. Uh, Sunday, you guys did a, a Stephen Matz, who uh, is channeling his his Warren Spawn against us <laughs> this year. He's doing all against the Cubs. He's all against the rest of the league. He looked fantastic in that game. Coming inside, that looper that just catches the outside. Yeah. Uh, and, Hendricks God. pitched good, seven innings, three yeah, hits. I'll take that any day, but Stephen Matt's, we can't hit it. Then last night, we have the Reds coming to town. We are three and a half, three, three and a half. I don't know. We're, we're in third place. We have played well enough. I said after the All-Star break, we have to go 11 and six in these last 17 to be buyers. That's what we did. We, we, we went from eight and a half back to three and a half back. We're, we're buyers. Um, I was so happy yesterday because we traded for uh, Jimmer Candelario. Um, and when we were looking at third baseman in the off season, when I had you and Max on here, 
I said, Jammer Candelario, that's that's a pretty good third base option. Well, the Nationals got him now. We've got him. And I'll get into that when we discuss trades in just a little bit. So I'm pretty happy yesterday. We got Stroman going. Stroman, two innings, six earned runs. Since uh, since the end of, uh, of June, he has an eight ERA. And I'm going to do a little bit of filler busting on behalf of uh, Jed Hoyer. Stroman was lobbying through social media that he wanted an extension. He has an option next year. It's a player's option, but he wanted an extension. Um, Jed Hoyer, um, Carter Hawkins, I said, we're not going to talk about it right now. We're not going to extend you during the season. And Stroman has done kind of what Stroman did in New York. He's kind of went to social media to kind of plead his case. Well, the last month while he's been pleading his case, he's absolutely sucked. I mean, we lost six to five to the Reds. We were losing six to one after two innings. And then we got Stroman out of there. We shut him out the rest of the way. Um, ended up losing six to five. Stroman, if you want an extension, if you think you're that good, you deserve an extension, pitch like it. He was critical of the organization saying they shouldn't trade me or Bellinger. You know, we should try to win this. Okay. We didn't trade Bellinger. We didn't trade you. Live up to your end of the bargain. You know, you had to come through. We have the first place team coming in. We are in the home stretch of the season. We are playing in our ballpark. We just made this big trade that's going to boost our team. And you go out there and you lay an egg. I don't know. Are you injured? I, like he's listening to me. Is he injured? <laughs> What's going on? But he has taken the place of Jamison Tyone. He is terrible right now. I'd rather see Wisniewski take a spot next time. But he better find it because we really, really, really do need this. Um, so we have that. Now let me get into the trades. Um, gosh, uh, find the first one here. <laughs> I have on my computer screen kind of got things jumbled up where I wanted to be because I was looking something up. That's not the first one. All right, yeah, I'll start here. Um, yesterday, we uh, got Jammer, Jammer Candelario for shortstop Kevin Mead and left-handed pitcher DJ Hertz. Hertz, uh, a couple of years ago, was our minor league pitcher of the year. Um, he's kind of stagnated. Um, uh, Mead is our number 14 prospect right now. Hertz is our number, first, excuse me, it's our number 16 prospect. Uh, we needed Candelario. He is a switch hitter. Um, he's on the one-year $6 million contract, so he's going to be a free agent next year. Um, he played 16 games for the Cubs in 2016 and 2017, uh, but this year he is hitting 258, 16 home runs, 53 RBIs, and he ranks in the 93rd percentile of outs above average at third base, and he can also play first base. Now, that was a great birthday present for me. What makes me really excited about this, I thought, man, I want to see Magical stay at third because even though I was critical, we're winning with him at third and his defense is really good. For someone who had played second base, I 
can't believe how well he's playing third base and he is getting his hits and he's hitting about 280 right now. And at the bottom of the lineup, he doesn't strike out. He puts the bat on the ball. You can hit and run with him. So many cool things we could do with Nicky Madrigal. <laughs> but we get a third baseman because we need some pop. So what do we do? Maybe we can put this new third baseman at first base because he has played first base some. And maybe we can get rid of Iron Paws Mancini. <laughs> no, nah, they're not going to do that. They're in love with Mancini. Oh, they're probably love them. They're probably going to DFA Wisdom, which is okay. But I'd rather have Wisdom coming off the bench than Mancini because even though he's hitting under two home run, uh, two hundred, he is approaching twenty home runs. He's got pop. Mancini is just not there. Guess what happened on Vince's birthday? Trey Mancini got DFA'd. Yay. Really? I did not know that. Cubs. Jammer Candelario's <laughs> playing first base. Nikki Madrigal's on third. I am oh. so pumped. I am excited. So, um, yeah. I, I thought that was the two weakest spots on the Cubs team was third and first. And you had a right field issue before Suzuki came back. But when he oh, came back, that rifled issue because he absolutely sucks this year. Wait, got anything? Oh man! But first and third now it looks like you guys have big upgraded that. Yeah the the big the big thing we do have now we have Michael Talkman who has proven he can hit lefties, he can hit righties, he can play center field. Um, Asperlis in that, um, he can play left field, he can play right field. He has been very good, and his deal is. He works deep into the counts. He's a great leadoff person because of that. Uh, tonight we've got him in, I think, right field. Um, I think we're giving Suzuki the day off. Um, Suzuki takes a lot of days off, though. I mean, he's in the lineup, but he just doesn't hit anything. So that's kind of like taking the day off. So. Anyway, um, on the heels of that yesterday, we did acquire right-handed pitcher Jose Cuas from the Royals for Nelson Velasquez, uh, putting another arm in the bullpen. Um I like this move, uh, not so much that it puts another arm in the bullpen because I know absolutely nothing about this guy except that he's got 52 strikeouts, 41 innings, four and a half ERA for a very bad Kansas City team. But I'm happy Nelson Velasquez is going to be able to uh, go to Kansas City and get some at-bats and see if he can really play um, play major league. So very happy about that. What, what, uh, what, posi what position does he play? He plays uh, – Mostly corner outfield, but he has played some center field with us. Okay. He, he's hit pretty, he's hit okay with us. Um, we just haven't had room for him this year. He hasn't hit, hit as well as he did last year. It's been a while since we've seen Maxwell because of his work schedule. And this segment, we're actually recording um, on Wednesday morning, whereas everything else was recorded Tuesday night. So this is after we have unveiled. Jammer Candelaria and just completely spanked the Reds 20 to 9 last night. Uh, but I wanted to get Max's thoughts on uh, the trades that we've made and how that is going to affect not only the uh, major league team, but the minor league system. So, what are your thoughts, Max? Well, uh, there's a lot of movement in the past two days. Um, even putting the trades aside, we've seen prospect promotions, uh, PCA up to Iowa, which is very exciting. And um, Cade Horton to double A, which is also pretty impressive considering it's a guy who was drafted last year and he's already, you know, uh, basically two steps away from the majors. So uh, he'll be on a strict innings limit probably, but it's very exciting for him to, you know, face some challenging talent in double A. It's a big step up for him. 
Um, in terms of depth, they've gotten rid of some guys. Um, and granted, guys that were that were probably going to be a non-factor. Uh, I'll just start out with the Adrian Sampson thing. So, incredibly minor trade, but the Cubs traded Adrian Sampson and Manny Rodriguez, or as we know him, Man Rod, uh, to the Rays for uh, basically a reclamation project reliever. Guy with good stuff, can't throw strikes to save his life, and um, some cap space money. So, Sampson was going to be our fifth starter. Uh, he was in the competition for the fifth starter with Peyton Wisniewski. Obviously, neither of them really have contributed as a fifth starter at all. Uh, Sampson uh, got optioned to Iowa. He sucked there. He got hurt. Came back, continued to suck. So, he got rid of him. Rays immediately released him, so he is now a unrestricted minor league free agent. I'm sure someone will sign him. Uh, Manny Rodriguez was up with the team last year, and uh, he was okay. Had like a 4.5 ERA, but spent most of the year in Iowa. All the year in Iowa, actually. So incredibly minor trade. It's just kind of clearing space, but might as well go through them. Um... Obviously, the big one is the Heimer Candelario trade. Uh, DJ Herz and Kevin Mate, uh, who I, I had outside my top 20. Fangrass had them at like 19th and 22, pipeline around the same area. For me, though, I both of them have their warts as players. Uh, Kevin Mate, he's a great defensive shortstop, but he has absolutely zero pop. Has yet to have an ISO above you know 120. So really just absolutely no power. And uh, VJ Herz, he's probably going to end up as a reliever because he can't throw strikes for the most now, part. Let me, let me interrupt real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about this a little bit the other day. I was surprised that Mike Rizzo uh, didn't hold out and get more because we basically got Candelario for peanuts. Yeah. Uh, was do you know of a reason? Were they just not getting offers for Candelario and they thought we got to get something or have any insight on why the price was so cheap? Well, if I had to guess, uh, they're probably internally pretty high on either Made or hers. Uh, Made, you know, he's still somewhat younger. If they think he can develop some power, that's a useful player. Um, but in my brain, the closest comparison for Kevin Made is like, a Sergio Alcantara who, you know, can be a utility guy on a non-contending team and just, you know, take up space, make good plays, is not going to hit anything. Um, DJ Herz, is, he, he'll probably be a reliever. But if if you think that any of those guys can kind of develop and, you know, the, the big knock on both players, you know, if they can, if Made develops power and Herz can refine his, you know, his control issues... Then you have two valuable, you know, major league players. Um, and I, it is a rental bat, so it's not like they're going to get a huge return. Although in my brain, I was thinking it would be someone a bit higher, maybe like one, you know, top 15 prospect, like a Triantos or mm, someone kind of like below that tier. I was thinking maybe like one, like 45 plus, I think. We're talking about future value here. I think both were 40s by fan graphs. But, I, I mean, I think it's a solid return. If anything, it's it feels kind of like a, an underpay 
but I don't know if people would agree with that. Do you, uh, do you see, I mean, you got four hits last time you played first base, which is something that I favor. Get into that in just a minute. But do you see us uh, making an effort to uh, pull in a Candelario with a contract after the season's over, or do you think he's strictly a rental? Mm, I think he'll definitely – they're definitely going to explore it. I mean, I know the position player class is pretty weak next year. The best bet on the market, not named Shohei Otani, is going to be Matt Chapman, um, I think. I don't know who else has opt-outs. I guess Javi Baez could potentially opt-out, but I don't think he will because he's <laughs> hasn't had a really good season at all. No. It'll be – really the top of the class is Bellinger, um, Chapman, Otani, and that's basically it. I mean, Candelario is going to be in that tier below, so I think they'll definitely pursue him. Okay. And – were you surprised, as surprised as I was, that Mancini was the one DFA'd and not Wisdom? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really telling. Um, I feel, I mean, most teams with that contract, it was $14 million for two years, so they're basically cutting about $9 million in losses. I think that just shows that this team is serious. I think most teams would just keep someone like that on their roster. You know, they'd slowly reduce his playing time. But still, the fact that he's just gone outright, I mean, it certainly says something that the Cubs, you know, they want to win. Yeah, and I see Wisdom has more value. Even though he's not been a good defender at, at third, he can still play first better than Mancini. And if you're just going to use him off the bench for right-handed pop, uh, he, he he's going to run into his home run. So uh, Mancini's not even going to do that. Feel bad for a guy who who came in, signed $14 million, and has been through what he's went through with his cancer treatment, had a terrible time with the Ashes last year. We got a World Series ring. Seems to be a, a nice guy. Um, but Hosmer was a nice guy, too. So Yeah. Uh, and uh, nice guys finished last, so we're yeah. out of the league. So. And I will say that this is possible to, to get rid of Mancini because they're going to play Candelario at first. And I think he, he made an error last night on a routine play, but it's fine. It's a blowout. Um, but the reason that that's possible is because of Nick Madrigal, who, by the way, is officially a league average hitter by WRC Plus for the season. Yeah, I may need some pro there because I really... Oh, I do uh, too. <laughs> I had no faith in him as a hitter because he had not lived up to... Uh, his billing, we got him for the White Sox, and then they said, oh, we're going to make him a third baseman, and I just have the feeling that the third baseman has got to have some thumb. Well, we're getting a little bit of power from here and there throughout the lineup, and now that Bellinger's on fire, it's not so important, but the way he he handles himself with the glove is very impressive. Mm -hmm. And I like having that person in the lineup that you know is going to put the bat on the ball, move the runner over, uh, do do the little things that the rest of the guys in the lineup just aren't going to do. Um, what are your thoughts on the uh, uh, trade that we had with the Royals? Uh, uh, it's more about – it's just kind of collecting, you know, optionable arms. Uh, I think the most important thing to note, uh, for those who don't know the trade, is it was Nelson Velasquez who has gotten some playing time with the Cubs, mainly as a fourth outfielder. He's, he's got a lot of power, but 
you know, there's swing and miss, and he's he's a very streaky hitter. And in turn, they got Jose Quas. I think I'm pronouncing that probably wrong, but he was a guy who I'd literally never heard of. Um, obviously, the Royals aren't very good right now, but a player I'd literally never heard of. Um, he's got a funky, like, arm slot, uh, kind of a, a sidewinder-type delivery. Um He's, he, I think what's the only redeeming part of this trade for me is that he's going from an organization that is terrible at pitching development and the Royals who have, you know, they're their only homegrown pitcher in the last four to five years has been like Brady Singer. And I think that's basically it. So going to an org that has completely revamped their pitching department and the Cubs, maybe they see something there. Uh, he's got a decent strikeout rate, gives up a lot of hard contact. Uh, the fascinating thing for me is that he cannot pitch in dirty innings. Uh, of the 38, you know, inherited runners he's had on base, 20 of them have scored, which is uh, abysmal. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Especially for a strikeout pitcher. Uh-huh. So if I had to guess, he'll be in Iowa probably the rest of the year. Uh, maybe he gets called up if there's a significant injury. Um. In terms of the Cubs bullpen, I think it kind of says a lot that they didn't trade for, you know, another reliever. A lot of people thought they'd get, you know, another lefty, like a, maybe a Brad Hand or an Aaron Bummer would have been nice, but the, the White Sox didn't trade him. Um, I think that just kind of shows that the Cubs are confident in, you know, who they have at Iowa. Uh, the Bailey Horns, you know, uh, there are guys there on rehab assignments. I think Keegan Thompson is throwing again, so hopefully he can come back up. Uh, there are guys down there that they can shuffle it in and out, and I'm sure it'll be enough because there are some interesting guys down there. Yeah. Uh, the emergence of Assad as being a really good bullpen piece has really solidified uh, the late innings. We can get a starter to go uh, five and a third, five and two thirds. I pretty much feel like we've got the game in hand. Um, I like that Wisniewski has uh, looked good since he's come back. So, I, I'm, I, a Bednar would have been nice, a Chafin would have been nice, a Hand would have been nice, but I'm okay with what we have because I think that the bullpen has come together. And I, I saw the other day that our, uh, our playoff chances have shot up to like 53%, uh, which is the highest in the division, even though we're a few games back, but when they factor in the remaining schedule, the talent level of the team, uh, so on and so forth. We have the highest percentage uh, to make the playoffs in, in the division, which is, is very exciting. I kind of get the 2015 vibes, um, a strong second half with a team that they didn't think was going to be here at this point in time. They, they thought they were a year away. I kind of see that. We are being benefited by a very weak division. So 88, 89 games should win it. And I think that's uh, well within our striking distance. And I, when the Reds get past Abbott, they can't pitch. And they can mm-hmm. outslug teams, but when you give up 20 runs, and, and granted the last I don't know, five or six runs came off the catcher pitching, um, you can't outslug that. So I, I was disappointed in Stroman's effort on Friday and uh, – or on, uh, excuse me, Monday, and I, I've been I've talked about that on the podcast here, um, but I'm very excited for the next 
couple of games because I do think we have a tremendous advantage when it comes to arms. Mm-hmm. So, one last thing I want to say before we get off here. I did not realize this. PCA has been thrown out of a few games in in, in a double A. Yeah, I've I, seen clips. <laughs> I love that because he's – I don't love that he's getting thrown out of games, but if you get thrown out of games, you have to have some passion. You have to have some fire. You're arguing. You're, you're pleading your case. Maybe he's a little bit of a brat. I don't know, but I do like that he has passion and doesn't just – yeah, okay, well, they, they tagged me out even though I was safe by, by inches. Getting into it, getting tossed. I, I kind of like that. What do you think about it? I think it's amazing, and I think if the Cubs do make the playoffs, he would be a perfect guy to, you know, put in one of those like defensive replacement, you know, pinch runner, guy who's just on the bench to have fun. I think he's the perfect guy for that. So I really do hope the Cubs make a run here. To be a perfect, you know, late September call up, just to be added to the playoff roster, could be yeah. fun. Me too. Well, Max, thank you for your time. I I have to run. I have to go see the Barbie movie with Kathy. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, we'll talk to you later. Okay. Awesome. All right. Comes a time in every man's life when he needs some advice on relationships. You need to listen to the podcast DMDR, which stands for Dating, Marriage, Divorce, Remarriage, from my good friend, Jeremy Connor, the Dr. Phil of the Boot Hill. You can find DMDR on Spotify or whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast. Those are uh, the trades. The Cardinals are trading for their future. We're trading for the present. Kind of the shoes on the other foot that it's been the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, I... I Cardinal fans who are more knowledgeable knew that this was a good time to sell, uh, get rid of some uh, some decent assets that you could get a return on. Uh, Goldschmidt didn't go anywhere. Arenado, I never thought that that was going to happen. That made no sense. Contract and he's the best third baseman in baseball and in a sport that is loaded with talented third baseman. He's the cream of the crop. A couple of trades that I did find interesting. Uh, what did you think about Verlander going back to the Astros? Kind of a nice chapter in, in his story. He wasn't going anywhere with the Mets. Now he's with the Astros. Um, it's going to be fun. And, uh, man, it seems like when the playoffs come around, I know he's older. Well, a year older, but last year, what a year he had. Uh, it's like he's going home again. This is kind of like got to feel like Pujols coming back to St. Louis or something like that. I know Pujols played more years here than Verlander did there, but this is going to be fun. And now he's playing for something. Sometimes that revives some older players. So I think it's a good move. Yeah, and the Astros, uh, they need they need some pitching. They they've had some injuries they're dealing with, and uh, they're uh, they're right behind the Rangers. And this may put them over the top. I found it interesting that two teams that are both contending for a playoff position, the uh, Guardians and the Marlins, did that deal that sent Josh Bell to the Marlins. Um, Josh Bell was having a down season, but uh, the Marlins really are desperate for some offense. And um, the Guardians get Gene Segura and uh, another infielder, uh, Khalil Watson. Uh, but Bell, who's only – Got an OPS of 701 right now and 11 home runs. Um, hopefully he can pick that up and and be a force in that Marlins lineup. 
uh, Josh Bell from Pittsburgh, Washington, to San Diego, um, to uh, the Guardians, to the Marlins. Um, I, I don't know. He, he had a couple of really good years in Pittsburgh, and then he's just kind of been a very streaky hitter, hit or miss. Um, but I do hope he, he finds it. I, I tend to like him. Um, the Padres surprised me that they are buying, actually. Uh, and last week I was hoping that they were getting rid of Soto and we could pick him up, but they picked up uh, Rich Hill uh, to help with them. Uh, Tommy Pham, um, he goes to the Diamondbacks, so Tommy Pham will be a fourth outfielder, bat off the bench um, in a pennant race. That's pretty cool. Um, the Marlins also picked up Jake Berger from the White Sox, and that gives him. I, I like that kid. I like that yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, what's he? He has 25 home runs this year, so um, he's going to uh, be a big asset to that lineup. Um, there was speculation that the Cubs were going to be in on uh, Andrew Chafin from the Diamondbacks, uh, but he went to uh, the Brewers. Um, what else caught my eye? Oh, the Braves got Brad Hand from the Rockies, so they've got um, picked up a little more help in that bullpen like they needed help. Um, yes. Uh, Let me ask you about We talk about trades but what about not trading The Angels decide to keep Otani and go for it Trout's coming back they made a few Moves Uh, they're in there They're right there they got a shot at making The playoffs they I believe They want to keep Otani Um, I'd like to see him stay With the Angels myself I do not want to see him on The Cubs uh, but uh, <laughs> what do you think about him? Uh, the Angels going for it and keeping Otani. A lot of people think that's a was a bad uh, move that they could have got a lot for him, and now they could just lose him in free agency. But uh, I like their moxie going for it. Well, they they got CJ Crone, who they've had before, and CJ Crone is definitely a major league bat, uh, so he's he should help. And they got Randall Grishik. Uh, Grisha Cruz yeah. around, so I thought I'll do a little bit of a look up uh, Grisha. Um, Grisha has uh, 860 OPS uh, this year. He's having a heck of a year. He's not playing full time, but he's having a good year. So I thought that was a pretty good pickup for the Angels, and they almost had to do that. They could not tell their fans, listen, we've had this Trout Otani run, and we're just going to let it peter out and be sellers. I think, no. Let's end it. Let's actually go for something because they're hovering around 500 and they can play themselves into to a spot with Trout coming back. Um, I don't know when he'll be back, but if Trout comes back, Otani, um, I, I think you're going to talk about that doubleheader game. Uh, are you going to talk yes. about Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, I yeah, think he, it's, I think it's a good move for the uh, for the Angels. It was almost necessary for their organization. I am too. I'm glad they did that, and uh, they're ahead of Seattle. Who you know, really, we're talking about like 21 of the 30 teams have a shot at the playoffs. It's kind of exciting. Uh, I was kind of not big about expanding the playoffs. It, I thought it kind of weakened it 
a little bit, but uh, with all this excitement and we saw so many much movement at the trading deadline, uh, it's fun. It's kind of fun. This is as far as I wanted to get it. I don't want two thirds of the teams making to the playoffs, but uh, this is going to be fun. And uh, I have to say, I changed my mind. This has uh, been good for a lot of organizations to get a shot at making the playoffs. This has been a good, uh, a good rule. Now, this was interesting. Uh, the Dodgers picked up Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly, got Joe Kelly back. I love Joe Kelly. Um, Lance Lynn has been hit hard this year to a six and a half ERA. So, up uh, then he had the game, he struck out 17, you know. So, yeah. wow. I know now he's with the Dodgers, though. You know, the White Sox has been like the Cardinals, a big disappointment this year. But now with the Dodgers, maybe he'll. If he just pitches a little bit better, I mean, it ought to fall into place. That's a very talented team with a good bullpen. Um, and then Joe Kelly, who also threw at Carlos Correa a couple of years ago and then did the cry and cry baby thing afterwards. Loved it. I know. I, loved I, it. I did too. I did too. A um, uh, couple more I do want to bring up. Uh, the Brewers didn't do a whole lot, but they did get Carlos Santana from the uh, – uh, Pirates, um, who's not having a good year, but the Brewers are desperate for offense, so they got him. Yeah. They got him. And uh, speaking of the Angels, I forgot about this one. Uh, Lucas Giolito going from the White Sox to the Angels, uh, so they got some help in the starting pitching too. And I think that's all that I that really caught my eye. The, yeah, about that. So. Oh, yeah, we forgot. The Blue Jays also got Genesis Cabrera from the Cardinals. So the Cardinals are really busy with the Blue Jays. So. Homecoming up there. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Cardinals up in, in Toronto. Those birds, Cardinals, Blue Jays, Orioles, all trading together. Do they want to trade We're with hanging in there. animals like the, the Cubs? No. <laughs> We're just going to do the birds. <laughs> you don't hang out. Who, 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 does, the, since, who does the Cubs – uh, is there a partner they trade with a lot? Is there someone they have a lot of history with in trading? They had a a time where they were trading a lot with the Cardinals or with the, with the Cardinals with the Pirates. Um, oh, really? about twenty years ago, they they seemed to like the Pirates and they had a lot of trades. Um, you don't see a whole, a whole lot of trades within the divisions anymore, though. They kind of no. realize why are we helping our our opponents? yeah rivals? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work out that well. Um. They have uh, they've traded a lot with the Tigers. It seems like they've they've done a few trades with the Tigers over the past uh, okay. ten years. Um, but as far as one team, nothing is. Oh, it seems like they've they've done a lot of work with the Royals too. So, so the Royals used to be known as the Yankees minor league team. They were always get uh, somebody. They'd get pretty good. They trade them to the Yankees. A lot of Yan Royals went to the Yankees in the '60s and '70s. Yeah, and then the Royals started hanging on to their players in the '70s and became really good. They were fantastic. Yes, they were. First thing I was going to talk about is the Yankees. They're in last place now. They're in that toughest division in baseball. They're 55 and 51, and they are uh, just a, ha a game behind the Red Sox. And the Red Sox were picked to be way back in that division because there's so much talent, but it's actually the Yankees. Now they've dealt with a lot of injuries. And uh, last year, Aaron judge carried that team. 
Uh, defensively, he played, I mean, a big man like that, playing center field, right field. He'd always come through, but he got hurt this year. And they're at 55 and 51, and they've been a disappointment. And, um, you know, we made a trade with them last year when it was Montgomery for Bader and getting back on the trades. And at the beginning, it looked like we we won that trade with Montgomery. Then in the playoffs, Bader just had like a David Ortiz he was hitting home runs, robbing hits in the gaps. So they thought they won the trade. But uh, Bader just, I tell you what, he's kind of is who we thought he was. He strikes out quite a bit. Uh, he gets hurt a lot. And uh, I think they were, there was rumors they were trying to move him at the trading deadline. Of course, we traded Montgomery. But I think in that trade, it didn't last a year. But uh, I think we, we came out ahead in that trade because we had Dylan Carlson and O'Neill. And Lars Newbar can play center field as well. And that, apparently Tommy Edmond, too. So I we needed pitching, and uh, I was happy with that deal. But that was my first story was just the Yankees uh, and how they've, they're they in last place right now. And that doesn't – like, Chicago's had last place years. St. Louis has had last place years. We seem to be able to handle it okay. The Yankees aren't used to this. This is kind of a rough time for them. So I don't know what they're going to do in the offseason. But uh, there's still time. They're only 10 and a half back. They could get back in that playoff race. And uh, Aaron Judge is back now. And Staten the other night hit a home run when he came back. So this is going to be a fun race in that East to see how many teams make the playoffs. Uh, what do you think? You got like three teams you think is going to make the playoffs in that division? I, yeah, um, probably three teams in that division and then another two teams out of the West. Central is only going to send one. Um, Just like National League. It, it, it's kind of a division where if you get too far back, the, the talent of the teams ahead of you is so good, it's it's hard to make up ground. Um, uh, the Rays have really come back down to earth. In fact, they're, they've dropped below the Orioles, but the Orioles are a really good team. Um, the Rays are a really good team, and the Blue Jays are a really good team, and they've done enough trading deadline uh, deals to to help them out this year. Um, the Red Sox uh, came into Wrigley and took two or three, and I was impressed with them. So there's not a bad team in the division. Um I, I think for one year, like the Central should send the Royals to the East and the East should be able to send like the Red Sox to the Central just for one year, you know. <laughs> hey, you say that jokingly, but I can see baseball doing that with all this realignment talk and uh, the changing of the schedules and everything. Nothing would surprise me. So I know you're saying that kiddingly, but I can see that. Ha I, I, I wouldn't think they were not above doing something crazy like that. You mentioned Baltimore. Uh, they're the best team in the American League right now. Tampa Bay started out their first 39 games. They were 30 and 9. Uh, but since that time, they are um, uh, 35 and 35. They're just playing 500 ball, which is good. I mean, it's it's fine. Uh, but uh, Baltimore has just been the steady Eddies. They've, they've played really good ball. They are 65 and 41 right now. And um, the uh, Rays are 65 and 44. So this is going to be a fun race. I like to see what Baltimore can do because it's a young team. They don't have a lot of veteran uh, Cedric Mullins. Uh, he's a veteran. Uh, they're pitching. Um, like I said, um, they've got uh, Flaherty's number two, but some of these names are Bradish, Flaherty, Kramer, uh, Cal Gibson, and Grayson Rodriguez. 
not household names for most of those guys. They do have Batista as the closer, and that guy's a stud. Uh, their starting nine are fantastic, and their minor leagues are loaded. Uh, I think they're going to be the best is yet to come, but they're playing a, a couple of years ahead of where we thought they'd be. And um, But sometimes that pressure of a pennant race, I don't know. Sometimes things happen out of the blue. So it's going to be fun watching that down the stretch, that American League East. Uh, that uh, Anyway, so that's it. Tampa Bay was uh, so far ahead, and here come Baltimore and caught them. So we'll see what happens there. In the uh, National League, um, the Pirates have dropped like a rock in July, and that was something that we could all see happening. Um, Max and I went to that game in Pittsburgh. That they won, and it put them in the first place. And as we were leaving, uh, they were interviewing uh, Andrew McCutcheon, and they said, oh, yeah, but are, are you thrilled that we're in first place? I said, uh, it's just June. Come on now. Um, so I, I think even like the uh, the players knew we're not ready for this, you know, especially a veteran like Andrew McCutcheon. But see, we have, we're a team with a lot of holes. We can't sustain this. And they haven't been able to sustain it. So uh, the Pirates have dropped, and that's kind of been sad. Uh, I think the biggest disappointment has to be the Mets, who – I'll give them their props. They've been consistently bad from the start to the beginning to the point where they're sellers. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then their uh, counterpart on the West Coast, the Padres have had kind of the same kind of season, but the Padres have been buyers. So it's kind of neat to watch how they've taken two different approaches to this uh, because as they saw last year with the Phillies, as long as you can get into the, to the playoffs, you've got a shot. Um, the Phillies have been very hot. Uh, they've been, they've uh, put themselves in, the, but you know, the the Braves are just smoking right now, just smoking. But uh, the last couple of weeks, the hottest team in the National League has been the Chicago Cubs. Has been the <laughs> Chicago Cubs. Hopefully, we. Can I thought you got, I thought you got shocked or something right there. <laughs> I always get excited, and I know. Good for, I'm happy for you, man. Uh, the Dodgers have, have uh, kicked it into high gear. It really seems to be a year where um, there's not a whole lot of surprises. I, I would say the Diamondbacks are a surprise. The Marlins are a surprise. But basically, the teams that we thought would rise have risen, and the teams that we thought would fall have fallen, with the exception of the Padres, the Mets, and the Cardinals. Sorry to say it. Um, everything else has kind of played the way we thought it would. Um one thing that uh, I, when we went to the game, I kept my eye on Contreras because, you know, he's coming back from the concussion. I, well, it wasn't concussion, the split head. He's, he was coming back from that attack of five half, you know, when half just went up to him and started banging him in the head. <laughs> um, Contreras, he was swinging really good. We were, we were up high, but we were behind the plate. And I liked that vantage point because you can, you can tell if a player's on top of the ball and the swing good. Contreras is. So I went and I looked up some of this uh, stuff for July. The guy's hitting 447 in July. Been on fire. And uh, I'm really happy for him. Um, I don't know if he's going to end up catching for the Cardinals in the long term or if he's going to be DHing. Um, I thought if they traded Goldschmidt, maybe they'd move him to first. Um, but right. I'm really happy that, that the bat has come alive and that the player, the, the fans are warming up to him. And hopefully that garbage that 
happened at the beginning of the season is uh, uh, behind him. Uh, one of the players that I picked to be MVP uh, was uh, Manny Machado. Um, Manny Machado had 26 RBIs in July on fire. Uh, Cody Bellinger right behind him with 24 in July, right behind Cody Bellinger. Nolan Arenado, 23 RBIs. So uh, those three players uh, driving in some runs in the month. They're and, all fun uh, to watch. They're all fun to watch. And uh, more impressive than Contreras' 447 batting average is his OPS in July is 1.317 off the charts. Um, and uh, one player that we, we were anticipating might be moved this year, but it did not move because the Padres decided they were going to buy and not sell. Um, Blake Snell is 4-0 in July, um, was 4-0 in July with a 0.56 ERA. Blake Snell is a pitcher that drives me crazy. If he's not on, he's he, he can't throw strikes. He won't last four innings. He's going to be at 100 pitches. But, man, when he's throwing strikes, he is as unhittable as anybody. And he hasn't re hadn't really found his groove with the Padres in his last uh, his last season with the uh, Rays. He wasn't nearly as sharp as he had been. Um, but man, it's the switch seemed to to come on with him. So uh, even though uh, I I picked the uh, Mets and the Padres and the Cardinals to be in the playoffs, the Mets and the Cardinals are not going to make it. Padres, uh, they may come to life here. So hopefully they will. You know, uh, uh, a lot of uh, people, the radio people are talking about Snell and uh, Nola as a possible ace for the Cardinals to go out and just get as a free agent, which probably not going to happen. I'd love to see that. But at the end, you were talking about Snell. At the end of the year, if you look at his career, every year, every statistical category is a, is a positive. You know, I know he has his ups and his downs, but I think that guy could be an ace for any team. And it looks like he probably is not going. I don't know if he's going to go back to San Diego, but that whole team struggled the first couple of months. And it just looks like they're all putting it together at the right time right now. And uh, the pennant drives are going to be fun. Vince, I got two more teams I want to talk about in the American League. Just kind of mentioned something about them. One is the Texas Rangers. And, you know, for the there was a few years there after the two back-to-back -back World Series losses for the Rangers that they they went downhill. Their players got old, older. They got rid of them. Uh, new coaches, everything. Well, now, the last two years, they went out and spent some money, and uh, they got the new ballpark out there. And it's, it's exciting. The fans are uh, rejuvenated. And this year, Corey Seager is having a really, really good year. Um, he's up there in the top hitters. Uh, he's got 15 home runs and 58 RBIs and uh, 30 walks and 52 strikeouts. Um, just having a good year. He's kind of one of the leaders of the team. Uh, even though they've had some injuries, too. DeGrom went down. He was going to be their big guy that would carry him and he just has that uh, history of injuries but uh they they got a guy from us for pocket change garcia in right field that is the gold glover and a power bat and he's fantastic and that was one of the uh, bad moves the cardinals have made but uh he's a fantastic player uh simeon all those guys but uh this year seeger's only grounded into four double plays that's pretty remarkable he's super fast on the base pads an all-star, four-time all-star, 
And uh, the Rangers right now are 60 and 46 and a half a game ahead in first place. But their last 10 games, they were three and seven. So now they went out and got Scherzer, Montgomery. I think they can make a run for it. Uh, they got a good bullpen. Uh, their bullpen, they have Chapman. They got him from Kansas City. And, and I know he, yeah, he's pitching real good for him. They've got LeClaire, who was a very good uh, closer a year or two ago. And he's just, he's dropped a little bit, but I think he still can be really good. And uh, they got Stratton back. Now, Montgomery and Stratton uh, pitched for uh, Mike Maddox, who was the pitching coach. He went back to Texas and he's the pitching coach there. And I think that's one of the reasons. Everywhere Matt, Mike Maddox goes, the pitching staffs uh, become better. Everywhere he's went, he's done gets the most out of his pitching staff. So uh, look out for the Texas Rangers. I'm excited. That's going to be fun. They were buyers, and they made some moves. And the last thing I was going to talk about, we made mention of it a little earlier, is Otani. And uh, there was a double hitter about a week ago. And uh, Vince, I'm telling you what, I just all you young guys out there are just baseball fans. If you get a chance, if he comes to your city, go see him, because I don't know how long he can keep this up. It's amazing. First game of the, uh, the uh, double hitter, he throws a complete game, which you don't see very much. One hitter was just, it was beautiful to watch. So that's incredible. That's a thats a whole week right there. You can, you can rest on your laurels. But that ain't all. He comes back in, game, in the second game and hits two home runs, and he's on pace for possibly 60 home runs this year right now. Uh, I think Mike Judge at the same time, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Aaron Judge, Mike Judge's a different guy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And the an office space. No, yeah, okay. it's Aaron Judge's brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, they don't look nothing alike. No, no. But... <laughs> but Aaron is was is on a little uh at the time last year, his pace was a little higher. But Otani's pitching. This is um, remarkable to watch. And um I I don't see how anybody can uh, – they were talking like if he got traded to the National League, he might not win the MVP because he would be in two different divisions and we still have two MVP awards. But I, I'm excited. This is this is one of the greatest years ever. It just seems like he's pitching – every year he gets a little bit better on his pitching and his uh, offense is just going up and up. And he, what is he, 27 years old? Is he 27 right now? Something like that? Is Link? he that old? I thought there was a rule where uh, if you're a Japanese player had to play so many years before they could come to the United States, but it seemed like Otani came over a little earlier than that. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the rules are exactly anymore. Um, yeah. Then I, I'll, I've been a sports fan all my life, and I don't count football so much as in. I don't look at the football statistics as um, hollowed as baseball statistics. Um, and I'll tell you why. Football persistently changes the rules to favor offense. They want the 38 to 32 games uh, because it's record, entertaining. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so quarterback who threw for 20 touchdowns and 14 interceptions when I was a kid was an all-pro quarterback. Quarterback who throws for 20 touchdowns and 14 interceptions is looking for a job next year. So it's it's just different. Um, yeah. So I don't really count football, but in basketball, baseball, hockey that I watch, 
uh, from time to time. I used to be a big hockey fan until the 2000s started. But I've only seen one other player redefined, and that was Wayne Gretzky. And I don't even see Michael Jordan as redefining because Michael Jordan, yeah, he scored a lot of points, but guess what? Will Chamberlain scored a lot of points. It's not like Michael Jordan suddenly started scoring 200 points um, and doing something that no one else has done before. He just did it at a better level, but other people have done what he's done before. With Otani, nothing, not even Babe Ruth has been seen like this because Ruth, when he was pitching and they discovered, hey, this guy is a really good hitter. He said, I don't want to pitch anymore. I'll just hit the ball. It's a lot more fun. Otani does both, does both at an elite level, does both on the same day. <laughs> That's amazing. I, oh. what, what do you think of Bo Jackson in comparison? Because Bo was elite in both baseball and football, and but it was a short time period. It was like yeah, three real years. short time period. Um, but he even in football and baseball, he didn't like redefine anything in those sports. He just did it really well. Um, Otani is just, and I hate this term because everybody uses it now, but he's unicorn. He really is a unicorn. There's nothing like him. And I feel very fortunate that I'm watching an era where this guy plays and I can see his games because I, I'm in an era of the internet. I can watch any game I want with Otani. Um, it's just a fantastic time to be around. And even my daughter, who would say she's a Cub fan, but she's not a baseball fan. She doesn't really keep up with it. Even she's on all my social media. I see so much stuff about Otani. Otani, dad, is he really that good? Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he's, he is, oh, yeah. is otherworldly. And he's good for baseball, too. Uh, you never hear anything cross about him smiling all the time loves the game they talk to him about how he gets ready and he he talks about how much sleep he needs he's a you know he's a, he seems like a good example for the young ball players and uh he's international it's good for the game of mlb uh hugely popular around the world as well uh that that last out at the world baseball classic where he was pitching to trout what an at bat that was so much fun right there. And even Mike Trout was like, I've never seen anybody like this guy before. Mike Trout for about four or five years was the best player in baseball. So this is fantastic to watch. So I just say we ought to make a trip and go see him play anytime he comes near next year, maybe hit Kansas city or Chicago well, be, or something. He's going to be playing for the Cubs. So we'll have 81. Hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll just go to St. Louis and watch him uh, half six games right there. Okay. <laughs> hey, what are you opening? I well, you know, I bought that whole box of uh Alan Ginters, and I yeah. usually get five, I get four cards, one miniature, and a hockey player. So right there, the Alan Ginter cards. So I'll be opening the old timer cards, which I love. I've I've fallen in love with these old cards, old style of card. And hey, and by the way, I didn't mention this, but Brendan Donovan, there he is right there. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. I hope he stays around a long time. Uh, he's like a Zobrist, uh, a great on-base percentage, but they've shut him down for the rest of the year. Evidently, he's having some hand problems throwing the ball. And with the Cardinals out of it, let's just get him healthy and ready for next year. Yeah. And he's a young guy. And uh, I tell you what, our future's bright with this guy on our team. You can win with nine Donovans. Oh, man. 
Vince, one of my favorite players of all time. He's not a Hall of Famer, uh, maybe on the bubble of it, but a character. And we mentioned him early tonight, Thurman Munson right there. Oh, uh, I absolutely love Thurman Munson. Uh, the, well, the Bronx Zoo, the 70s, uh, the 70s Yankees there. Oh, uh, here we go. One of my heroes. He was the first uh, Major League Baseball player to uh, step aside from baseball, and he joined the service uh, And uh, in World War II. Bob Feller, one of the three greatest fastballs of all time. Walter Johnson, Bob Feller, Nolan Ryan, the three greatest fastball pitchers of all time. Feller had one of those. Uh, you probably saw the footage of him throwing 100 miles an hour with a guy on the motorcycle. He threw the ball and it went through the paper first. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Oh, the Iron Man himself, Cal Ripken Jr. Right ah. there. Hey, I love it, man. And uh, we have the miniature. One of the <laughs> who's that guy from ESPN that came up with all the Chris Berman always come up with those crazy nicknames. Yeah, uh, the, mini the miniature is Bert Behome Bly 11, right yeah. there. There he is, pitching with the Angels, one of the greatest curveballs of all time. Yeah, great player right there. And even though he beat my Cardinals in the 87 World Series, I'm a big fan of Bert Bly 11. Yeah, interesting story about uh, Berman. He was working at a little TV station before ESPN, and he was doing sports late at night. And just to entertain himself, he started coming up. I think his first nickname he said was John Mayberry for the Royals. He said, and uh, another home run was hit by John Mayberry RFD. Oh. It just kind of got him on the uh, on the deal. I'm what, I love, what I love about him is his passion. He's he did that uh, all the highlights of the football games and talk about the upcoming games, and he'd be so passionate and get excited and the Raiders and all that kind of stuff. I just I I love uh, Berman. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm just opening up Dondrus. All right. 87. Memories course, right there. The Willie's. No, this is not the Willie Stargell. The, oh, this is the Stan Musial again. Oh, back to Musial. All right. Yeah, right the, the birds on the bat right there. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, good third baseman, former all-star for the Cleveland Indians, Brooke Jacoby. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's big one. They played at the mistake by the lake. That was yeah, yeah. Um, pitcher for the Dodgers, Ken Howell, whose parents were Thurston and Lovey Howell. Really? How about that? Oh, former Red Sox catcher, and I think he played for the Cardinals a little bit. Rich Gedman, did he? Yes, he did. Yeah, then. like a year right there. Yeah, oh, Gedman. Oh, pitcher for the uh, Yankees, also pitched for the uh, Pirates and the Dodgers, Rick Brody. Oh, Had yeah. Really good career. Very good with the Pirates, yes. I got a Hall of Famer, Jack the Cat Morris. Love Jack Morris. Ten-game shutout, game seven, World Series. Very good. Former pitcher for the Brewers, Ron Nieves. Decent career. I don't remember him too much. I don't remember this guy, Eric Bell. No. Uh, <laughs> wondered if he was one of the Bell, you know, Getty or Buddy, Gus, David. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of those guys. Yeah. Former 20 game winner for the uh, White Sox, Richard Dodson. Yes, Richard Dodson. Oh. 
Here's a man who hit a home run that went into Cardinal lore, Jack Clark. Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah. And one of the greatest relievers who has never gotten his due, one of the greatest of all times, John Franco for the Reds and the Mets. Yes, very good. He made made the games in for them. We had a lot of losses to John Franco. Another really good reliever, not quite Hall of Fame worthy, but very good reliever, very good closer, Jeff Reardon. Pitch for the Mets and the Twins. I think Expos, too. He might have been an Expo. Oh, this guy has a really interesting uh, YouTube video. If you ever have a chance to watch it, watch the YouTube video on Mark Icorn. Just put Mark Icorn in there. Okay. And um, he threw almost softball style. Um, oh, yeah. A submariner. Yeah. Um, one year, he struck out like throwing soft. He struck out like 12 batters for nine innings. Really, oh. Former Cup, former Cardinal. He made his major league debut right out of high school at the age of 18. Mike Morgan. I did not know that. Wow. He lost three to nothing to the was pitching for the A's. That's when the A's were bad. Finley's last hurrah. He drafted him, had him pitch uh, uh, right out of high school. He gave up a three home run to Lee May, the bopper, and the Orioles won three to nothing. Great memory, Vince. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, yeah my memory has been slipping lately, and I was talking to Kathy about that. I'm not sure if it's my age because I did turn 57 today or I had COVID in February and Kathy's complained that she gets COVID brain. I wonder if I'm having some COVID brain later. Rated rookie Mike Campbell. I think he went back into the soup business. Oh, (laughs) ain't that uh, Tom Petty's lead guitar player, Mike Campbell, ain't it? (laughs) He's not happy though. No, I, he's not happy. I was playing guitar with Tom Kitt. Uh, I think they always get happy before the show. And this is one of my favorite players, former Cardinal farmhand. He went on to become an all-star with the Cubs, Jody Davis. Yes. I, I always like Jody Davis. Oh, I think of him uh, the Padres, cool. the Card Cubs and Padres series. Yeah, he was a classy guy. Um and uh the Cardinals organization always spoke highly of him. So um He's one of the first players that played for both organizations. The Cardinals are like, man, he wish we had him back. Uh, but, uh, they, they were having some problems at that time with Daryl Porter hitting 220. So anyway, well, trading deadline has come and went, and it's it's been fun. Um, I'm sorry, and I do mean this, I'm sorry that the Cardinals are not buyers this year. But I think they did really good as sellers. And as someone who's been through selling a few times, I do want to tell Cardinal fans, uh, when you start seeing these players come to fruition, like, that that guy was like a in rookie ball and we traded for him and I had never heard of him and suddenly he's with the big leagues and he's hitting or he's pitching well. It's kind of pretty cool to see that happen. Um, you know, when we see like uh, um, Matt Burvis, PCA, people like that come. Up, you know, it's like, yeah, that's who we got for so and so. I mean, 
uh, we're watching Hayden Wisniewski uh, contribute last year, and he's been a little up and down this year. But yeah, it's cool. Yeah, hey, uh, it takes a couple years. Uh, sometimes you don't. You think, well, we just gave those guys away, and then all of a sudden somebody will come up, and you find out later that was one of the guys we got from Montgomery or Flaherty or or whatever. Uh, I remember. And then there's some weird cases too, like Doyle Alexander. Uh, the Astros got Jeff Bagwell from the Tigers for uh, Doyle Alexander, which turned out to be a great deal. Nobody even knew who he was. Or we traded JD Drew, and they just kind of threw in Adam Wainwright at the end of it. And yeah, Adam's Adam's still with us to this day. So you just never know. So Vince, with two months to go, what do you think the Cubs' record needs to be? You said the other day they need to go this much, and they pretty much did it. So down the stretch, do they need? What do you think over the next two months to, to really get to the playoffs? Eighty-eight or eighty-nine victories will win this division. Um, we're not that far out of the wild card, but I, it, we're maybe a game further from the wild card than we are the division. Um, when we're playing in such a weak division, just try to win the division. Um, yeah. If if you back into the wild card because someone collapses, you take it. But um, this division is is there to be had. The Reds' best pitcher pitched last night. We hit him very well. Um, we got that, was that Abbott, that Abbott kid, uh, I think. Yeah. Okay, he's yeah. looked pretty good. Yeah, what they've got pitching, and they really didn't pick up anything at the trade deadline. Um, you know, we we should. The last three games should favor us pretty good. Um, Is that who you've been? You finished with the Reds at the end of the year? Is that who? I haven't checked. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it's Reds and Cubs and everything's on the line. That's must-watch TV right there. That'd be fun. I I hope so. And the Cubs and the Reds fans travel well. That's a When I I went to a Cub-Red game in Wrigley, and there was a ton of Reds fans there. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right, well, JJ, you have a great week. Happy birthday. Thank you. And we will see everybody again next week. Whoops. Hold on. (laughs) Uh...